Hey everyone, it's Lena and Megan from Enlightenedhood. Welcome to Soul Lift, where we're vulnerably sharing motherhood stories that don't fit the rhetoric we've been taught to believe. We're getting real and honoring all truths, sharing journeys from women who are using self-empowerment, mindfulness, and spirituality as a means to create their own path. Through this global anthology of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, we hope that by giving these brave women this platform, we can heal together and all feel a little less alone. There is so much power in our story, and the more we can share and help those who come after us, what a beautiful world this can be one where we all know our own strength and beauty. So we hope you find inspiration here today and find empowerment and validation in your own truth because everyone can use a soul lift. My name is Binky Bell and this is my story. What was that of event or that recognition of truth that really started you questioning your motherhood story and leading you to living a more conscious and mindful motherhood? Well, so I had, my husband and I had twins right away. Um, And then right after that, we had our third son. Um, so we went from no kids to three kids in a really, really short period of time. And I, like a lot of people operated in like a default kind of setting. Um, I just did what my parents did, what I saw everyone around me doing. Um, so the first few years of motherhood for me, uh, were very, very difficult. And this was much this was quite a bit of time before my own kind of spiritual awakening. Um, and back then whenever I was struggling in parenthood, I, I did, like I said, what a lot of people do. Um, I was yelling a lot at my kids. I even spanked my kids. I was basically the total polar opposite of what I am now. And there's one moment in particular that I remember, Um, so vividly as a turning point for me. Um, I had my twins in the kitchen with me while I was cooking and I had just turned around really quickly to grab something off the counter. But that fast movement that I made, it scared my son and he covered his face like he cowered, like I was going to strike him. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see a small child like that um, reacting to your movement outside of the heat of, of the moment, just in a normal everyday setting to, to have that visual representation of what my parenting was doing to my children. Um, it's still like, it really upsets me now even to talk about it. Um, because it was such a powerful, powerful moment for me. And I remember that being the moment where I just kind of said, Oh my gosh, like I have to do things differently. So at the time we were living on a, on an air force base in Vegas and we, I was a part of spouses, Facebook groups. 
um, for the base where the women who were stationed there, we could all like talk. Um, so I would turn to these spouses Facebook groups and I would turn to parenting groups um, within Facebook and I would ask for advice on how to how to yell less how to how to stop spanking how to help with my children's behavior because they were they were dealing with some sensory issues that we didn't even know about at the time um, that kind of made everything a little bit worse um, and whenever I would share my experiences whenever I would go to these groups and and you know tell these people that I was having problems, I was struggling, I was feeling depressed, I wasn't happy, um, that it was really hard. The most, like what I got back from a lot of the, these groups was just everybody was having the same experience as me. Mm -hmm. They were all saying, yeah, that's, you know, that's how it is. (laughs) I've been a mom for five years. I've been a mom for 10 years, you know, and some people would say, you know, it really doesn't even get any better with age. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of hope. And I'm a person who, who needs action. Like I need actionable steps and I need to know that, that I can do something to create change. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had only, I only had like one friend on base and she was my neighbor across the street. And she happened to come across this article, um, written by this woman who had, made a blog because she recognized within herself that she had a problem yelling at her children. And it's called the orange rhino challenge. I don't know if you ever heard of this. No. Um, So the orange rhino challenge was basically a challenge that she started for herself to stop yelling. Um, And my friend was having the same issue. So she was like, Hey, let's do this orange rhino challenge together. Um, And that was really like the second big moment for me because it was the first time that I had seen somebody admit that they were struggling, but then also focus on a solution. Um, And this woman's solution was to just, you know, white knuckle, bear down, try not to yell at her kids anymore. And it kind of, it blew up a little bit and she, you know, she got a book deal and stuff and it became a really big thing, which was really great. Um, but I'm always, I always think back to that moment, hearing that woman's challenge, um, and her struggle and just reading her blogs of her trying to figure it out on her own. Um, the fact that she did that, it altered the trajectory of my entire experience in motherhood. And I think that's, there's so much power in telling your story. Mm -hmm. So what was it like to own that story and to own that truth, the lightness and the darkness? Well, I mean, it's always, it's always very difficult, right? To, to be confronted with the worst parts of yourself. Um, and I think that that's ultimately, I think that's why change is really hard because no matter how authentic you are online or with your friends or your family, you know, the depths of your own darkness, um, and you know what you're capable of, right? So like for me to talk about mindful parenting, peaceful parenting, personal evolution, um, there's still always that side of me that knows what I'm capable of. I know that I'm capable of, you know, flying off the deep end and yelling like a crazy person at my kids. Um, so to, it's been a very long process. And I would say that I'm still in the middle of it, of just learning to integrate those two sides of myself and, um, 
to be able to create that mental space of recognizing, you know, your triggers whenever you feel upset and create the space between the feeling and the reaction, because it's the reaction to that feeling that matters. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to any woman or mother who's really looking to step into that truth? Um, well, I mean, honestly, I think for me, we talk a lot about the isolation of motherhood, that it can be very lonely. Um, and for me, having come out of the other side of that, uh, that isolation, I think, can can start to look like a blessing. Um, And I think maybe we should change the narrative around that a little bit um, because whenever you're left with just yourself, that's whenever you can kind of start to figure out yourself a little bit, right? Like you can learn what triggers you, why it does trigger you and how you can, how you can change that. And it's, I think the isolation um, or rather just, learning to be comfortable with yourself, that's the foundation that you need to change to, to cut out the noise of everything else, the noise of social media, of what, what your friends are doing, what your families are doing or how they've done things, um, and really settle into yourself first and then grow from there. It's a very rooted system of growth. Mm -hmm. Did you, I mean, just hearing that, I even, I mean, it's hard, especially as new moms, when you have this whole new identity, I think you're right that it has to be this time of like being comfortable with yourself. But I think as new moms, we're not really given the tools to even know where to start with that, you know? Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, but so I think that's why having these types of conversations is so important to show that there is, there is a path that we can go on and there are tools that we can acquire to help step into that place and get to know us at our core. So what are some of those self-limiting beliefs that you had to let go of in order to really get to know yourself and to step into your highest self? Well, I think one one mentality that I always um, encourage everybody to challenge is to completely let go of the idea of who you are. Um, we have this kind of understanding of, or, you know, we like to say that's just the way I am, or that's the way I've done things. Um, and you know, it's really like, why? Why? If that's, if, if that's how you are, or if that's the way you're doing things, um, it doesn't have to be that way. The, I, the, the truly fascinating thing about just being a living, breathing person is that you have the ability to change, right? And I think that that needs to be embraced so much more. And once you start identifying limiting beliefs, like, oh, I can't do things this way, or I can't do, um, I can't live my life that way. Um, it's just, it's a wonderful experience to be able to question those uh, because so many of our beliefs are just, they're just made up, (laughs) you know, and we can let go of them so easily. And I think the easiest way to do that is to really focus, um, what you're consuming, the content that you're consuming. Um, you have to find people who are having the experience of motherhood that you want, and then you have to watch what they're doing and try to apply it yourself. Mm -hmm. What were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome when you're making this shift? Obviously, there's other people's perceptions, right? Especially whenever we... 
whenever you try to do things differently from even just your family, there's so many, there's so much resistance there Mm -hmm. that needs to be navigated. And that can be very tricky. Um, And if you're somebody who has a close network of friends, like, you know, just living in the military community, like I did, there were obstacles in, in, the way that we practiced our parenting. Tell me a little bit more what it's like to be a parent on a base, because that's something I know absolutely nothing about. And I think there's something, I mean, when I see two people who have had that experience, they can really relate to one another. So I think there's such power in like sharing that aspect of the story. So what is it? I mean, how how is it different from just living in regular suburbia united states well it, so living on base is it's it's kind of a strange experience because um you are you're in such close proximity to um you know, my husband was the one enlisted so you know he's living with and working with the same group of people, um, it, it almost begins to take on like a high school kind of vibe where there's a lot of strange gossip. Um, but outside of that, you know, you're also at the mercy of, of their rules and their regulations. Um, and then you're also enmeshed in, in the military culture, which is very focused on obedience, right? So if you're, if you're trying to practice or implement, uh, peaceful parenting practices, mindful parenting practices, um, that's a little bit in contrast to, to obedience, right? People always mix up discipline and obedience, or they mistake respect for, they say they want respect when they're looking for obedience in their children. Um, so just kind of being up against that culture so closely is a little bit difficult. Um, and my husband, you know, he came from a military family, so we're, we're working against military kind of, um, environments and the the programming of his military upbringing as well so Mm -hmm. the change the evolution of our parenting wasn't it was it was very difficult because you just have to you have to unlearn so much and then relearn what's going to work for your family what is access to health care and wellness services like when you live on base you know what it's actually pretty i i don't well, I mean, <laughs> so the thing that's nice is you can you can go to the ER, you know, free of charge on base. Um, so if there's an emergency, that's very, very nice. The problem with it, though, is that you're referred to the emergency room for everything. Mm. So there's long wait times um, and there's... I mean, you're familiar with the, the stereotype of military doctors, right? Yes. Th- that, so yeah, that um, has been proven to be pretty accurate in our experience. Uh, my husband was actually retired from the military because his back, his spine was fractured and they didn't even notice it for two years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But um, I mean, I can't, I can't 
we never, outside of that, me and my children never had any truly terrible experiences. And it was really nice being able to just call and make an appointment. And there was a bit of an adjustment coming back to civilian life and dealing with civilian doctors. Um, That took a little bit of an adjustment. This is a weird question, but are there restaurants and stores on base? <laughs> so the base that we were at, um, it, it, there weren't restaurants really, but there's like food chains. So they have the, it's called the BX on base and it's kind of like a, like Walmart essentially. So they have like a food court there um, and they have a bunch of little shops in there. And then they have the big main store. uh, And they also have like a grocery store on base. Some places have bowling alleys and movie theaters. Yeah. Like they really try to make it its own community. So you had to unlearn a lot of things, shifting the paradigm for you and your husband of what parenting means. Was there outside resistance when you were making those shifts? There was a little bit, um, particularly from, and this is a pretty common problem that I see a lot of people experience from our parents. Mm. Um, You know, when you get grandparents involved, they just don't really understand um, why you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, a lot of people view it as, as permissive or passive parenting, maybe even lazy parenting. Right. Um, so there was some resistance, but we're very lucky in the sense that, um, most people, if they had an issue, um, they just asked us questions and then they trusted us to make the right decision Mm. for the most part. That's good. What advice would you give to any mother who is looking to reclaim that motherhood narrative but facing resistance? I think it's absolutely imperative that if you cannot surround yourself with um, inspiring people in your daily life, if you're meeting resistance in your daily life, then you absolutely have to create your experience on social media it has to be reflective of the lifestyle that you're hoping to achieve. So you have to follow content and people who you find inspiring. Did you just have a point where you realized that the accounts you were following on social media were doing more harm than good? Or what What was that journey looking like where you started to really notice the effects of social media on your motherhood story? Yeah, so I started, um, it started really small where I would just kind of, you know, you see content and you're just like, Ugh. like, uh, and you roll your eyes because it's just, it's so opposite of what you're trying to do or what you are doing. Um, and I just became very aware of that feeling and I was having that feeling so much scrolling through my social media. Um, so I just kind of slowly started to unfollow them and it it has really only been the last year that I kind of went full steam with, you know, this idea of, of truly curating your, your social experience. And how has that changed your perspective on everything and the way that you show up in motherhood? Oh, it, it has been, it's changed truly everything. It's made every aspect better. Um, I'm so just, I I guess, easily inspired. Um, I just love seeing people's experience. I love seeing people's struggle 
Um, and then seeing them share their solution, the solution that they've found for their families. Um, it's so inspiring to me. It gives me so much hope. It's given me, um, just so many tools that I can apply in my daily life, whether it's, um, in a practical sense of like keeping up with my house or if it's maintaining the relationships with my individual children or my husband, um, it's really impacted every aspect of my life. How can we as moms start to not add to all the negative and toxic noise surrounding motherhood on social media? Well, I think it's just important to ask yourself, um, it kind of sounds like a cheesy after school special, but to really check in with yourself before you post um, and ask yourself what your honest intentions with the post are. Um, I still catch myself sometimes wanting to to vent, you know, Mm -hmm. we want to, that's what we say. We want to vent. Um, and it'll often be something that's very disparaging to my husband or to my children. Um, and most of the time, if I'm being honest, it's not because I want to vent. It's just because I want the feeling validated, right? Like I want Mm -hmm. people to, to kind of chime in and say, you know, yeah, those kids are just bad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but that's not what I need. It's what I want, but it's not what I need. I don't need it. It wouldn't serve me. (laughs) Right. I totally get that. (laughs) Especially when you're, when you're at a place of questioning and wanting to shift that narrative, it's hard for not everything to be like that not almost from a place of judgment, but you know what I mean? It's hard to mm-hmm. do it delicately and meaningfully without yeah. crossing that line. Yes. Yes. And I just being brutally honest with, with your intentions can change so much of, of your interactions, but it's an uncomfortable level of honesty. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people who aren't ready for it yet. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so tell me, what does your current practice look like? What is your mindfulness practice, your spiritual practice? What does that look like to you on a day-to-day basis? Well, I really like to spend a lot of time, not a lot of time. I like to spend some time um, really checking in with myself. Um, I've re- I've started, you know, habit tracking. Um, right now I'm really in the middle of paying attention to how my diet affects my mood. So I spend a lot of time tracking my mood and tracking what changes. And I'm really trying to focus on building the good habits instead of focusing on cutting out bad habits for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm really finding that when I focus on my good habits, everything improves for me. Um, you know, my, my daily interactions with my children because we homeschool, so I'm, you know, with them all day. Um, so making sure that, that mentally my mental mindset is good, um, really makes a huge difference. So I, focus on, like I said, consuming really good content, reading really good books that keep me inspired. Um, I'm slowly trying to integrate meditation, but it's a little intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely can be. Do you have a, do you, have you started with guided meditations or? Yes. I really enjoy the guided meditations. Um, they, those help me the most. Um, and exercising. I've, I've been, um, 
a habitually inactive person, you know, for 30 years. So, but this last year I have started really being active and exercising and that has been, that's been really huge for me too. Um, trying to learn all of this in your thirties, learn the connection between your mind and your body, um, is really intimidating, but it's really fascinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to learn yourself on such a deep level. Um, it just affects everything. How has it changed you as a person to be more connected with your highest self and be in that alignment? I, (laughs) it's really changed my ability to excuse bad behavior. Mm. Um, Once you start being honest with yourself, it's really hard to, to lie to yourself because um, if you've made a significant amount of change in your, your lifestyle or your parenting practices, then you know that what you're capable of and you know you're capable of really good things. So whenever you start slacking, <laughs> it's really hard to justify that. How do you deal with other people when they're not willing to put in that work for self-development? <laughs> well, that is... That's very tricky, right? Because um, we encounter people, right, who have a a problem for every solution that's offered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be incredibly frustrating for me because I'm very focused on solutions. Um, but if it's interpersonal or just people who I'm talking to, I always like to just be very clear whenever they're talking to me if you know, in asking them, do you want advice or are you just wanting me to listen? Um, because that really alters the, the direction of the conversation depending on their answer. Um, but luckily I found most people, even if they're hesitant, they are receptive to change. Um, and focusing on the smallest, smallest progress is huge. Because we, we forget the, the littles, we forget the baby steps, you know, maybe. So in the beginning, whenever I was trying not to yell, the challenge was to go a day without yelling. And I had to set a timer for 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, so those, you have to really um, encourage people to focus on the smallest progress because, you know, all those tiny steps add up to so much. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you were saying too about learning all of this is a little overwhelming but fascinating mm-hmm. and there's so much to learn and even I always love the quote that even baby steps is moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I take my kids aside um sometimes because they they beat themselves up for for not doing something or learning something or whatever the case may be and we have a little baby girl now she's about to be one and whenever she was learning to walk I made it a point to to bring them around and have them watch her fall whenever she was walking um and I told them you know you guys all started on your belly you didn't know how to crawl and then you learned and then you didn't know how to walk and you kept falling down and you kept getting up so it really it's just it's so comforting to know that we all start somewhere and we're all going to fall, but we all have the ability to just keep going. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to any mother who thinks she's too busy to put any energy towards mindfulness or even thinks that it's not for her? Well, I mean, we're as busy as, as 
as we make ourselves. Um, I think we can always squeeze out more time. Um, but if for people who feel like they're too busy, um, I would again stress that it doesn't take much. You know, if you can squeeze out a five minute um, meditation in the shower while you're washing your hair, I think that's good. Um, so the, the investment, we often tend to think that change takes a huge investment and it doesn't have to. Um, and often if we try to make it too big, that's whenever it feels overwhelming, right? Thank you for listening to Soul Lift presented by Enlightenhood. For a complete library of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, visit enlightenhood.com backslash soul lift or find us on Instagram at soul lift anthology. Also be sure to follow us Enlightenhood on Instagram at Enlightenhood. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.